0: And we welcome you inside this Monday Sports Ethos Sacramento Kings podcast. Sam Comente here with you alongside, as always, the incomparable and all-knowing Jill Adge. And it's been a little bit, Jill, since we've been together talking Kings. Almost a week now since Wednesday, we took uh, the long weekend. And it started out great for the Kings. I was starting to think that maybe we should never do a podcast again because they were they won the first two games against the Blazers and Lakers. And then Sunday happened, and I'm starting to think that – I'm not starting to think. I do think the Sacramento Kings should not be allowed to play on Sundays, just for everybody's benefit, with the exclusion of the team that they play (laughs) because that team will look like the 2016 Warriors playing the Kings on a Sunday. But for, like, everyone else, holy shit, just don't play them on Sunday. They don't like it. It's God's day. They want to watch football. I, I, I don't know exactly the excuse, but those are my first two that came to mind. Got blown out last night. Uh, in Memphis, and we'll talk about that game. But first things first, let's, we want to talk about the good. We want to talk about what we liked about the Clippers, or excuse me, the Lakers and Blazers games. They started to seem to find an identity under Gentry. At least that's what I was noticing. They were playing at the pace that he wanted. They were knocking down shots when they needed to. They were closing out games as they should. The triple overtime game was nuts. That was fun basketball, the triple overtime game specifically. I mean, I would watch that game a million times in a row, even though it would, you know, my stress was through the roof.
1: Yeah, it was. And I mean, that first half was just, I mean, both teams were bad. Yeah. And I mean, Crazy and then the Kings went. went and got blown out and the Lakers barely ended up beating the Pistons um, yesterday. So um, at least they, they got tired. the win, but it wasn't like it was. Yeah. I mean, anytime you have someone playing 53 minutes and then, flying the next day and then showing up. It wasn't like they were there, got practice. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was right. a, you know, a weird, it's a, it's a weird, whoever set this schedule up. It's very strange. Yes. I don't like you could have had the Lakers and Kings played each other back to back or threw in a Clipper game or something. You know what I mean? Like rather There's than having them fly out to Memphis, then fly back to play the same team again. Like, it's just I don't know. I I don't remember seeing something like that recently. And so, um, I just don't get or like play Portland or something, or, you know, we've played Utah. How many times? Like a less of a flight. It's just weird. Yeah. It's weird. And I know Memphis is, you know, Western conference or whatever, but it's still, um, weird scheduling, but yeah, I mean, three overtimes, like essentially some of those guys played two games worth of minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's, that's, no joke, right um, and then to be shorthanded again and go play Memphis again no excuses because I mean Denver right job. now there's you know Denver's struggling just oh, yes. as much they're they're without their three Max players um that I mean injuries happen like you know Grizzlies were without jaw and you know what for the three years that he's been in the league, they were one and four the first year without him last year they were five and four. And, you know, they got, they got their first win, you know, this one. So it's not like, you know, that team has never had to deal with playing without him, let alone that's another group, you know, that's core has been the same. Right. And, um, their, their young guys have been playing well. They were without Brooks to start the year. So guys in, um, Bain and Melton and, um, uh, had to step up, right? When when Brooks is out, and so you saw them stepping up again with Jaws out. It was like, okay, you know, switch the person that's out. But those guys did exactly what they did when Brooks was out. So it's, um, you know, this team. I would say uh, their guys have, you know, I don't even want to say benefited from injuries, but like they've had, you know, to already have those step up games um, to start the season. So this wasn't like you were you know, getting a team that's on their heels now and they just got killed by Atlanta. They wanted their, you know, a revenge game the next night. Like we get, we've gotten three or four teams now um, that have gotten killed by someone and then playing us next and end up killing us. Dallas was one and then um recently Memphis was another. So, but everyone looked bad. It was just one of those throwaway games. Like you might show some stuff on film, but there was like nothing good um no. out it of it and you also wouldn't sit guys down and just watch you know a, a bunch worth of, of bad film you can point out some stuff but um you know that's just not the case
0: yeah uh, i watched like three minutes of it uh I, I when i first looked at my phone to see what the score was it was 11 to nothing and i was like that is about as typical kings as you can get for a sunday afternoon game and then i watched some of it and they started to claw back and it was like a three-point game but it just it never felt like they were there literally it's like they never got off the plane
1: yeah they had opportunities i mean they're at the you know they were getting fine shots they just couldn't make anything nope
0: but as per usual
1: too. this team if they're not making anything they also don't have the fallback on being able to stop someone to allow themselves to right you know um but it's like fine we don't you know we don't have to score 116 cuz we're going to prevent you from getting 100 like no we'll give you 80 like
0: in the first in half in the first half yeah um
1: so it's you know and good teams know how to survive when they're not scoring like mm-hmm. or just being smart about it and how do i you know not just chucking up threes that aren't even close like there were some threes that like were not even hitting rim like the, i mean they were just it was ugly basketball. Ugly basketball. Um, Their you know, biggest and, and loss and of yeah. year. But this is part of our, you know, you're you're down three guys. And this goes back to depth. Like, you know, this front office wants to scream depth. We um it's it's gotta be there consistently. And you know, we saw it yes against a Lakers team, but I mean, to me, that said more about the Lakers than anything about the Kings. Um, based on their continued play uh so yeah and as a team if you're shooting seven percent from the corner three like the easiest three right that's supposed Mm to be in seven percent the team as a whole seven percent
0: that's that's nuts i mean as a non-corner three non-corner three
1: you're you're shooting 28 so not really any better it's 28% and 7%. So.
0: Yeah. uh, We were both, I think reading an article by the Kings Heralds Tim Maxwell about the Kings three point shooting, or I guess lack thereof their abysmal attempt attempts to shoot threes because they have, and it's, you know, it's a little misleading, but four of the nine, four of the nine is the numbers we're going with here. Worst three point shooters in the NBA are Sacramento Kings. It's, Metu, Fox, Mitchell, and Davis. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, it, 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 it makes me that's one
1: rest. star and three depth, right? And three like key role players, or I would say star star of your team, right? Like right. that's your guy. And then the rest playing are playing Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, it's going to be, it, it's, it's going to be hard to be good in this league if that's, well, that's it, what it is. I mean, it's just,
0: it brings up the very obvious point that and he wrote it in his article. I think it was the sub headline. The green light philosophy should really be nobody's but, I would say buddy heels or Harrison Barnes. These these guys are hucking up threes like they're good at them. And, and with clearly Barnes not. Out,
1: you have just Buddy. Yeah. Like that's that's a yeah. problem, right? No, it's I, I horrible. Mean, and Terrence and Davis is because way your backup his head. was supposed to be Davis, right? Yeah. Like they, they always said that that was going to be, you know, that was the insurance in case you traded buddy and all this stuff. And okay. Like Davis's numbers as a whole throughout his, you know, three years in the season have been fine. But again, like it's what you're doing now, <laughs> like, and what you're doing now isn't great. So like, no, I hope and- you get back to where you are, but I mean, we are where we are right now.
0: And it, they fell behind. And so they started playing like the hook up prayer game like this is the quickest way to get back almost like a numbers game let's just keep shooting the threes 9 of 42 though and i i am very much a a, of the mindset now jill especially with how the team has played this year and how they want to play they should not should not shoot more than 35 threes a game unless it's like an overtime game i don't want them to do that 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 was what luke walton wanted but the way this team is best at, at playing is obviously run and gun pace points in the paint second chance opportunities It's not to shoot 42 threes, especially because they clearly can't make them. So stop shooting so many of these fucking threes and go attack the rim. It's different in last night's game because they fell behind. I understand. But I I don't want to see that big of a number.
1: Well, and without Holmes. True. Who, who, who's your go-to guy? And without, you know, Barnes doing his like slow-mo, you know, Euro step. Like who out of the other guys? you know, other than Fox consistently drives to the lane. I mean, Halliburton does it when he has Holmes, but you could see when, when Holmes is not in there and he's trying to do with others, it's, it doesn't look totally comfortable. Like, I mean, so it's just, it's one of those, it's just one of those, but it makes you really appreciate what those guys bring to this roster, right? I mean, that go ahead, trade, trade who all you want, but this is what, this is what you're going to get right? Like, so yeah. Monty's got some, some tough decisions based on the next two weeks of where this team's going to go. I mean, we can right. talk about trades and we can do all this stuff, but I mean, I could say go for it or I could say blow it up depending on how the two weeks goes.
0: Yeah. And I've it, it, definitely, I think we're both leaning towards the, like, let's go ahead and blow this thing up because we've seen enough of this core. It's not very talented in that. For me, I don't want to mix my words. I don't think this team is good. Like, on paper, they they don't work together. There's too many square pieces trying to get in round holes. This roster clearly is not going to work in terms of trying to make a playoff run. That's been proven to me. But they also have the talent level. It's weird, where they could, in these last two weeks, before trades likely start happening at a rapid rate, they could win some games that they shouldn't, like the game in Los Angeles. Yeah. And like a game against the Blazers team, that was streaking. There's such a bizarre. Other teams to
1: have injuries you just don't know.
0: Right. And they're, you, you know, like they're a bizarre you team. They really are. Because they can beat any team and also lose to any team. I think Johnny Taylor, when he was on the show, um, said that exact comment or similar to that, where they can beat anyone and lose to anyone. They're, they're anybody's team at anybody's night. And now they have three straight games against LA teams. Like you're talking about weird schedule making grill, Jill. It's, it's just, they're, they're, that thing I was trying to say, they're grilling them with these LA teams. They're just throwing them all in front of them. And, and then, yeah, rough, there's a random Memphis game in between, but you <laughs> just so done, like,
1: like a close one. It's like, Hey, go to Memphis, and go to
0: Tennessee like and then come back. How much <laughs> do a four game series? It's like base, make a baseball. Cause that's a, what the NBA was going for apparently. Cause they play the Lakers again at home. Then they play the Clippers in LA and then they come back and play the Clippers in Sacramento. <laughs> None of it makes sense. None of it makes sense. Thankfully that flight from Sacramento to LA is obviously not long. Uh, and they stay within the state, Yeah, but weird couple games coming up. But I do want, before we talk about the games coming up, let's backtrack. Um, Alvin Gentry's now had four games at the helm. They're two and two. And uh, they've been three of those games have been good. I would say, I would argue the first three games were awesome. This fourth game, which there's a load of excuses you can put out there, and we touched on a couple of them. The traveling, the triple overtime, the being shorthanded, the playing a desperate Memphis team that was wanting to get a win. A lot of things we can say, but simple way of putting it is we're not surprised necessarily that they lost yesterday. But as a whole, Jill, what are some things from Alvin Gentry's first four games that you've loved so far? Or liked. You don't need to say loved. You know, love's a strong word, but what are some encouraging signs that this team has put forth under Gentry so far?
1: Um, I mean, I'll say that I appreciated that. I mean, that if you're going to keep talking about depth, then you need to actually see it. And he's not afraid to put anybody and everybody in. Um, because at this point, if you want to win and something's not working. Adapt. it. I mean, every, every game, right? If, if you're going for every game. Um, I have no problems with you pulling and putting it like, I know players aren't necessarily going to like it, but again, if you're, you know, meeting, or trying to figure out your goal as a team, then as a team, you got to do whatever you have to do, um, any given night to stack your days as, as they call it. Um, uh, I, I, when it was everybody out there, um, I would say we did see times where we saw, you know, some of the pace. I don't even want to say pace, but um, them getting down the core, uh, the, the court quickly in transition, things like that to where maybe they had slowed, slowed things down a little bit. Um, to me, it, it's hard to evaluate as a whole just because in the short span, we've yeah. been out key contributors, and so it's hard to really know what you're getting or what they're even adapting just because those guys are out. And then when they get back, it's going to be different again. Um, so, I mean, so it's, you're not, you're not seeing anything better to me defensively and the numbers aren't you're you're right now. Um, your offense and defense are where they were. Your offense is slipping a little bit, but again, like I would contribute that to, um, not having a Barnes and a Holmes and, you're completely having to adjust the way you were playing, um, offensively. And then you're getting more guys again, like, uh, Bagley met to Jones, um, again. Uh, yeah. And so, um, I do like that he has shown right. That he can play multiple bigs at a time, mm-hmm. um, during a game. And it doesn't have to just be one or two, like he's, he's adjusting, um, appreciate that. So little things, right. <laughs> um, little things, but stylistically, I, it's just hard for me to say if, um, at this point with the injuries, like if I'm seeing anything totally different than, you know, what, um, what we were getting before, what
0: about yourself? I mean, I, I was going <laughs> to say that Yeah, I like that. He's stretching the bench out. He's using more guys than Walton. That was something that irritated me. Uh, I like the fact that he's trying to get them to play the way that they're currently built the best to play. Sure. Which is go. They're still shooting 23s, like I said.
1: It's yeah. too big mm-hmm. of a
0: number. That's not the style. But again, that comes with falling behind and then not having Holmes uh, and not having Barnes, uh, who also has such a presence in the paint, Harrison Barnes.
1: Yeah. I will but, say in the last week, we've seen more mid-range from right. Halliburton and Fox and even Buddy at times. And to me, that was something that drastically changed from... Um, if you look at the shot charts over the last three years, like it's it mm-hmm. was pretty significant. And so I do like seeing, and I think that's helping some of the numbers, at least with Fox as well. Um, and he, you can see him getting a little bit more comfortable sure. in games.
0: And Holmes, too, speaking of him, he's been getting Holmes more involved. He he's been doing what Walton was for some reason refusing to do, punishing Holmes for I'm not sure what but he's and
1: he kept saying he needed to fix it right yeah like, i need to find ways to get him more involved so and then yeah, would that's sit him point. on the
0: bench for like an entire second half but no he, he's definitely yeah. trying to get holmes the ball i'm um, usually off of a halliburton situation which is those guys go together better than peanut butter and jelly so i appreciate that about him um but the second part of this question which i'll answer first and then ask you what do we loathe or dislike that gentry's done so far Mine is pretty simple. It's playing too much Tristan Thompson. I'm t- I, I, I love the guy as a vocal leader on the bench. I don't like the guy in the game. I don't. I want to see Damian Jones or Chemezi Matu, who, who put up 11 rebounds yesterday in a game that I guess didn't really matter. But, you know, he's a really good athletic player that we just need to tell to stop shooting so much. Someone needs to say it to him because he's got so many other skill sets that can help this team. But I, I just, I'm tired of seeing Tristan Thompson. I, I, I don't like him on the court because... You have other options that I would prefer to see. Especially when you're trying to play fast. If you're trying to play fast, Thompson's not the guy to do that.
1: What frustrated me yesterday is I saw um, a lot of comments. And back to what you were saying about um, like Metu and Davis and stuff, throwing up, you know, shots like that. But I never felt like Fox or Halliburton tried to take the game over or like prevent that from happening. Do you know what I mean? Like, you Take had time out and hands. no one was saying like, Hey, these guys need to, it's, it's your time. Right. Mm-hmm. Take it over. Now. It was like, Nope, here you go. Go do it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like there was yeah. no trying to stop it. So it's like, we're all seeing it. And whether it be players, coaches, whoever, like no one seemed to try and prevent it. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Do you know like, and so
1: that, that is what got me that I'm like, why is it Fox? like? I don't care if Fox and Hallie miss everything. I'd rather have you miss everything than the other guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. True. Um, but you. it just felt like there was no counteract. To, yeah. And you know what? And maybe that was Memphis just playing good defense on those two guys because I didn't watch it back. I had no desire to. Um, <laughs> and but again, then the Kings had no answer for, you know, them, you know, clamping down on them and and trying to. Get well, around P- it, but it just felt like everyone was off. Like there was oh, just yeah. no one really on. The there was stadium.
0: no energy. Um, um I you. I will say, and people will think I'm, you know, I, maybe I'm, I'm a little too bought in on him. But I also would love to see Gentry give Jemias Ramsey more run than Terrence Davis. And last yesterday, it took him a while. Ramsey was the last guy off the bench, and I didn't understand why. The game was out of hand very early, very quickly. And yet, he he got to King, which was great. Everyone wanted to see Lewis King. Lewis King put up some numbers, and he had a green light—at least in yeah. his mind, he had a green light. Um, but Ramsey, took at that a point,
1: piece. I think by the end, they were just trying. I think they're doing everything they can to get Davis out of whatever slump he's in. That's yeah. the only thing I sure. can think of. They're invested. Is somewhere. that is that you do like honestly like if we're gonna do anything like you need him right yeah. like you need at least need one of those guys to, to wake up. And so to me, I wouldn't be shocked if they just use that as a, can, can he find something? Can we, yes. um You know, sometimes for those streakies when it, when it clicks, like sometimes it's, it's, it just then clicks. And True. when it doesn't, it does not.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ramsey's um, just so tantalizing. Yeah. In his ability to.
1: But I'm with you. And he plays defense. I mean, like he's defense. And I do like how. They have him going back and forth. Like he's getting the development minutes in the G League. Like I like that. And you're seeing it and you're seeing it both ways. Like Stockton right now is number three in defense in the G League. Yes, yeah. it's the G League, but again, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And it's guys buying in and playing defense. Like it's real, like Bobby Jackson had those guys buying in in summer and he has the same team buying in now. Like something that the Kings have just, you know, not been able to do.
0: Fun fact, actually, as I you just made this click in my head, the two times the Sacramento Kings have won summer league titles, they've then proceeded to fire their coaches those years. Right? Yeah. Mike Malone was fired that year, and there was mm-hmm. this crazy story about how Malone told his coaches, we need to fucking win this, because he was already starting to feel the pressure of his job in 2013 and thought that winning a summer league title would help ease some of the pressure.
1: Yeah, was, I mean, that that's was how a, crazy yeah, that, he felt about That it. summer league... They back. took George Carl out to lunch in Vegas in front of everybody. Like they did not hide it. And because they got on the good start, like you couldn't just fire the coach. Like that's why it sucks that, you know, DeMarcus got sick, but that gave them the out that they were, they were waiting for because the way the team is rolling, you had no out.
0: Yeah. Like, I, uh, I, I don't ever want to see the Kings when a summer league again. I don't like it. it's juju. But, but you were see, looking But
1: that's just the King's curse. Like a
0: everything. player
1: getting viral meningitis after your hottest start and whatever. And that and we all knew they were just waiting for an out. Like, yeah, of course, the Kings get screwed. It's <laughs> so, like DeMarcus well, also, gets screwed. The Kings get screwed. Like
0: the Memphis game, too. Don't forget about that. That bullshit where Ryan Hollins clearly
1: oh, hits the, the ball. Yeah.
0: Very visibly on instant replay. You could see that his, his hand had touched it. The ball bullshit. I love that he started. still
1: tweets. I tipped the ball like on that day. He'll still put it out there. I tipped it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because everyone could tell he did, except the refs who just, you know, Uh, always have this vendetta against the Kings for no reason. I don't know what we did to the, I don't know what we did to the refs or what we did to the league. Um, Basketball
1: gods, we pissed them off.
0: Somehow, somehow. uh, Keep doing it. You were looking into some numbers, Jill, I'm putting you on the spot for this, but on Hila Burton and just his, you know, uh, like unwillingness to shoot. You tweeted something before we hopped on. I don't oh know any- no! In Do the want- in the
1: last in the last three games, um, on on five five attempts a game for three, he's um almost thirty eight percent. He's thirty seven point five, rounding up for him. Um, but <laughs> but shoot, he's not like, shooting. Shooting, but five attempts a game. I think that is up. I'll have to go back and look. But I was just curious what the last um, yeah. couple were other under Gentry. And uh, cause I did kind of feel like, okay, he's kind of, you know, throwing these up a little bit more and whether it's because guys are out, I don't know. But again, like you're hit like 38%, like shoot.
0: Yeah. He needs to have keep, the green light.
1: Keep shooting. Um, Now his, his um field goal percentage, you know, is two uh two point field goal percentage drop down. But I also, I can contribute that cause he's not doing his, you know, pick and rolls with home, you know what I mean? Like those are, um you know his normal gimmies in the paint right um just aren't there right now um because guys aren't aren't leaving the bigs and so uh yeah
0: no it's 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 the same conversation we've had it many a time that he just needs to shoot more he needs to shoot more mm-hmm. he's so 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 much a team central guy which is great but good lord Tyrese when it's not working offensively we need him to step up along with fox And then Barnes when he gets back. But those are those are things we've talked about plenty. And every Kings fan knows Uh, we want to see Tyree shoot. There's no such thing as a bad Tyree shot, in my opinion. I guess is the best way of saying it. Um, All right, Jill, shifting things here. We've been talking about it. We've been hinting at it that December 15th. That's a kind of a, a magical day that we expect to see some activity. What? Yeah, so
1: so so Halliburton's three attempts have gone up a little bit. So okay, again, like so that's kind of a change. That's good. But for the year, he's shooting thirty-eight percent on mm-hmm. three. So again, like you are one of our better th- like.
0: Which is sad that that number is so, one of their best. Um, um
1: I just rather have him, you know, shooting him than than some other. So again, yeah. like, like it's nice to seeing him getting a little bit more. Like right, we were we've been asking him to. Um, you know, after that zero point game, even though we had good stats everywhere else, like we need you to be aggressive, and so, um, he's done that a little bit over the last three games. So just keep
0: right, keep doing well, it. I just want him to listen to this podcast. Maybe he's not listening to us. Um, the December 15th day that, uh, and then the days after, we expect some trades to start materializing across the NBA. Who is on the Kings, Jill? Someone. That you would like you you would expect even to be flipped first, if McNair does end up remodeling this roster, it's kind of it's it's ambiguous. It's it's you know obviously it's very much your opinion more than anything else because we don't have much to go off of. But I was just wondering where your mind was in terms of
1: and to me if they're they're not playing well at that time. Um,
0: like who would be the easiest? I I see them.
1: I see them wanting to keep Barnes and would flip buddy. Right. But I also know that there's a lot of teams right now that could good teams that could use Barnes. Barnes. So that's kind of a, um, yeah, I think who they, again, who I think they would want to keep would be Barnes and flip buddy, but, Mm -hmm. um, similar to what they did this, um, this off season, you know, where they tried and, and I think it would be in the sense of, trying to flip him right because of his contract for Mm -hmm. either multiple deals, or you take the big swing. And if you can get new Orleans to accept, accept, you know, a buddy package combo and, you know, they don't want to pay Brandon Ingram and, and lose, you know, while they're down. um, If you can steal something like that, again, I haven't seen anything that he's available, but just knowing, um, you know, they're below us. I, I do know they're getting Zion back. So again, I'm not sure where their heads at, but to me that, that would be the kind of high impact player that, um, I would be taking like a a swing at, um, I know I saw something mentioned this morning that, uh, uh, on there was, um, they feel like a a Kings um, Toronto trade is inevitable at some point. Like, you know, everyone had talked about it in the off season and stuff. I just don't know what we would have to give them. And um, if it was someone like a Boucher, you know, like, I mean, I I would gladly take a a throw at that, something like that. Um, A Jeremy Grant, you know, while Detroit is, is doing their thing. Um,
0: You mean losing?
1: Christian Wood, right? Yeah, Christian uh, Wood. You know, um, hit that name to the top. Just, just knowing the teams all at the bottom right now with us. Sure. Um, I would be going. You know, and again, it's what's so crazy right now is I don't feel like you're really hearing. You're not. You know, it's we still have. I think closer right to these two weeks we'll start hearing stuff because mm-hmm. a lot can happen in these two weeks for teams, right? Yeah. And and making a, a streak or not, and so.
0: Um, yeah, it's all quiet yeah. on the, on the Western front right now. We're yeah. not hearing anything. Uh, I, I think I agree with you that they would like to keep Barnes and would like to trade buddy. However, I think it's going to work kind of the opposite where, sure. especially if they're losing Harrison Barnes, it has the most value of any team or of any player that you're willing to trade because the three untouchables are Tyrese De'Aaron. And I do think Rashawn Holmes is someone they consider a part of their core, um, but Davion Mitchell, I think, is easily someone that they would be willing to trade in the right deal. Harrison Barnes, for sure, sell high on him, and I wouldn't be upset. I love Harrison Barnes. I will always love his time in Sacramento. I also, at the same time, hope he can go find some actual true success elsewhere, which the Celtics make a lot of sense as a team that we're looking at him last year, could still use him this year, have a lot of young, cheap wing players. Denver is
1: another one. They just and lost Denver, Porter for, sure. for the year. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: And they have draft picks, both of those teams that they. And they were with,
1: interested in last year. It's another one. They were interested yeah. last year.
0: They could definitely find a trade there. I, I like with the Celtics, some like Romeo Langford, a young, young guard, and then a draft pick or two uh, wouldn't be the worst deal. Uh, Buddy, it's just his contract. If Buddy's contract was much smaller, every team in the NBA would want a volume a shooter that can, you know, when he hits him, hit him in mass. They, of course, the NBA, the modern NBA values that. The contract scares away a lot of teams, understandably, so that limits yeah. his his market. I would believe.
1: Another one that's you know will be interesting too is is the Pacers. Um, they they're another team that's kind of like floundering, like the Kings. They have a new coach. They have a lot of talent, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's hard to read, you know, where they're going to go, um, but theirs as well. So again, like any of these teams. Um, you know, we're going to that, that are hanging around with us could very well.
0: Um, we're going to keep circling back you know, to this being something. Topic. Uh, it'll be interesting
1: it's... to see what Portland does, right? Like there's so many um, kind of teams on that, like, you know, bubble-ish and mm-hmm. freaking look at Minnesota. They're they're number seven and 500 right now. Yeah, you know, we, it, it was two weeks ago. They were below us. And now
0: they were four and nine.
1: They're playing their best basketball. So Anthony
0: Edwards is unreal. The dude just I mean, play, like he would play for free,
1: and their defense, like they're buying in, and mm-hmm. and this is with Beverly hurt right now too. Um, you know, freaking Vanderbilt, like, is just rolling. You know, mm-hmm. um, defense and and rebounds. They finally moved him into the starting lineup. Um, and uh, but yeah, like that's a team that has bought into to what Finch is selling. So you know what, and he was brought in to
0: yeah. About to to say.
1: As as a big man, you know, I always say the guard whisper, like he was a big man whisperer. He's done this um in New Orleans. I think he was in Toronto at one point. Um he uh did it with Jokic in Denver and um yeah, because he was with Toronto when they grabbed him last year. Right. Um, that was where he but was. like but he had Davis and Boogie in New Orleans when they were playing really well before Boogie got hurt and they were, you know, on the trajectory up. Denver grabbed him to uh to help with Jokic's game. And then uh um, you know, Toronto got him and then uh and then Minnesota no, got him to work with cats. So I mean
0: is um, an example you know. of you get the right coach in place, you don't even necessarily need to touch a whole lot of your roster because yeah. you might be able to figure out how to use them better or get well, them. That's what out we
1: always wonder like how would they play when they're all healthy? And so far they're playing. You know, they're playing well and they're another team, right. That's said to be in the Ben Simmons sweepstakes since the summer, because they want to take that step. And so, I mean, if, if they, with the way their defense is, is playing and if they manage to swap a, like a Russell and, you know, for Simmons, watch out, um, you know, it's, and this is where the Kings, you know, it's, they're going to have to make some decisions that, are you going to keep riding that middle road or are you going to, you know, pick one lane or the other? And unfortunately right now it's hard to know because like we said, with two weeks can change a lot of things. Um, Mm -hmm. And as we've seen, we've seen this team make a run right two weeks prior to the trade deadline. And then, you know, and then they think that, you know, this is finally going to be the time and then they don't really do anything. And then um, they fall right back to earth. So,
0: Yeah. I I would prefer if you're uh, go left or right, don't go straight, make a swing
1: or blow it up. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah, Don't keep riding the same road. We know where this road goes.
1: All this team has shown us is that they're consistently inconsistent and like that you, whether people want to talk about um, a roster construction, you know, like whatever, like this, these pieces just don't seem to the, the puzzle pieces, regardless of, you know, more guard centers, whatever. I mean, we've seen these pieces, some of these for years that they've just never fully clicked. And so, um, or they'll click for two weeks and then not click for three weeks. <laughs> so it's um, the consistently inconsistent. Right. And
0: to me, you're not going to
1: succeed in this league if you're not right. Just be average, <laughs> like just be averagely consistent and it could make, it could do wonders. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So for clarification, the trade deadline is February 10th. The trade deadline is usually always in February. So, February 10th, a Thursday. So, there's time till the trade deadline. But, yeah, we are fast approaching okay. December 15th, the day which in which is the
1: big key gate, Yeah,
0: the key date where the ball will get rolling. You know, someone will make a, will push things into play or push things going. And uh, we'll see a lot of action, you would imagine, for a couple months until the deadline. And we're hoping the Kings hop in to the mix in some way. Uh, I prefer they just blow it up. I trust McNair's drafting ability. I know they want to end the drought, but I don't give a shit about a play-in. I don't. It, it, it's not cool to me that you made the play-in, that you're a 10th seed, and you have to go, you know, play, win a couple games to move into the actual playoffs. That's 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 shooting for the lowest bar. And there are Kings fans out there that are shooting for that. I get it. I know Vivek debate would at least want to see that because he's desperate. Because as me, a
1: fan, they're really, I mean... the it's money,
0: too. They're games. not
1: necessarily worried about roster constructions and all like they just want to see a win, right? Like they're not looking at the plenty of fans are not looking at the nitty gritty of of things and they really don't care. You know, they just want to see a product on the court and good will playoff game for the first time in in 15 years and aren't necessarily yeah. looking at the long term or you know that you're getting paid the big bucks to think about that. <laughs> right. <Things laughs> short, not er, us.
0: <laughs> fans are short sighted. They always are. Yeah. Uh
1: It's what have you done for me lately? And this team has not done anything for 15 years. Yeah, (laughs) for
0: a long time. Uh, And
1: at this point though, too, I mean, we'll see how much they're worried about ticket sales and all this. I mean, if you keep going on these slides, like, and the ticket prices are still the same and COVID is still around, as we know, like, you know, it's not going to help, you know? It could get worse.
0: Money always seems to factor. Money talks. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I I lost my train. I thought I had something I was going to say there, and I totally spaced what it was. Um, This team makes me forget things. I
1: was going to say this team does that. It's okay. Yeah.
0: and (laughs) Almost actually like a blessing that I I forget things I'm trying to say about this team because I don't want to remember much. Uh, So looking ahead, wrapping up this Monday episode, Lakers come back tomorrow. For a little chance of redemption, they, they did just barely beat Detroit, and uh, who they also just played recently in Detroit. They're, they've also had a, a bizarre schedule. But the Lakers coming to Sacramento tomorrow, um, trying to get a win. Oh, that was – sorry, now I remember. <laughs> it took me a second. I'm going to go on record and say that the first player, first domino to fall for the Kings, first guy they ch- trade off, is going to be Harrison Barnes. As much as I don't want it to be, I think Bagley, they they still feel this sense of attachment, plus his contract, um, his option that they have for him, keeps him a little limited, and then Heald's contract for sure limits how much they can get for him. I think Barnes is going to be the first domino, assuming the Kings continue to falter. Barnes will be shipped as they remake the roster. That was just me trying to throw out a prediction, uh, spice things up a little. But Lakers tomorrow, Jill, I I hope for no uh, triple overtime again. Uh, I don't even hope for overtime. Let's just do this in four quarters uh, and not gas ourselves out at the start of the week. But what are your uh, keys for these next three games in, in general? Because then they play the La- their Clippers. I keep trying to say the Lakers. Get healthy. <laughs> there you go. The Clippers are good. They're 11-9. and um, nine. Um, Not yeah, easy opponents. It's,
1: again, it's, yeah. Um, Get healthy. I mean, yeah, it's as simple as that. Because right now, we are relying on our end of bench guys to, to keep us a magic. I mean, that's, you know, that's a lot of, it's a lot to ask your $1 million players, right? Like, come on. I mean, all I see is, is that, I I mean, I'm seeing it all over social media and I'm not saying it's not deserved, but I'm seeing the rookies and our 1 million guys are getting bashed Okay, like I don't, I mean, they're doing exactly what I would expect a, a rookie and a guy on a $1 million contract to do. Like, sorry. I mean, that's this, this has kind of been my issue, you know, this whole time of like injuries happen and you have to rely on your depth or your end of bench. And if you look at some of these other teams, end of bench, like Memphis it's not what we have like no offense. I mean, they got a lot of good analytical or there's no drama of, am I going to play a guy or not a play guy? I can't give him minutes. I can't give him minutes, you know, December 15th can't come soon enough so we can trade a guy. So we don't have to worry about if he's going to go in a game or not. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's just so much unnecessary drama and things that this team does to itself that it's just like, I can't even put it on a coach or a player. Like, (laughs) I mean, it's all of them. Yeah. So I mean at the end of the day, like if we're relying on our one rookie and our end of bench to save us, like then we're fucked. We didn't have much home from the start. <laughs> like, yeah, what are we doing here? You're gonna be exactly know. where you are, right? Like Does you're gonna be know? exactly where you are. So get some right if we can get if we can get healthy again, um and see if they can figure out any kind of system under gentry, you know, once. Mm -hmm. um guys are healthy and like i hate the excuses and all that stuff but i mean
0: we also only have the here we are i mean at this point
1: like it's um that's how we keep ourselves sane. but again like i right both of us never thought that one change was going to save this place it's it's going to be a
0: a series um
1: a series of of moves that change this place so
0: yeah i would that uh...
1: happens it's just you know protect the ball um be efficient, <laughs> like uh, Keywords, you know, and buzzwords. if something's not working, you know, maybe adjust. But I also know that teams are, you know, going into zones on the kings a lot because they're not making their threes. And I don't necessarily see that changing until they can, you know, hit the three ball. So it's it's gonna be uh coaches have their work cut out, right? Um yeah,
0: yeah. where they pay them. Yeah. Um, uh, I would say the the keys in just this next stretch in general, again, not just tomorrow's game against the Lakers, but you need to adapt more to Gentry's style. Keep doing that. Keep playing a pace. Stop shooting as many threes. I don't care if you fall behind. That's not your strong suit. It's abundantly clear. It's a big reason why this team needs to be turned over because if McNair actually wants them to shoot a lot of threes, well, I got news for you, dude, this is not your group. (laughs) You don't have the right guys to do it. Clearly they aren't doing it other than buddy who will shoot hundred threes a game. If you let him, and no one's stopping him from shooting. Alvin Gentry came out and said, uh, against after the Laker game. I drafted Buddy Heald. Of course, I love the guy. Yeah. Of course, I trust the guy, which was a funny uh, remark by him because, yeah, I mean, he's a fan, clearly. But keep playing at pace. Stop shooting as many threes. Get healthy. Yeah, that'd be great. And then also, I'm not, the defensive side I'm not concerned about, not because it's they've been playing well, but because I think they're still trying to find the offensive identity right now. But they need to share the ball. Get everyone involved. Spread the wealth. Halliburton needs to shoot more. These bench guys need to come out with some confidence and try and, you know, make an impact on the game. It, it's too lopsided, you know, when, in, in these games uh, where it's like a couple guys really perform and then no one else shows up or nobody shows up and they get blown out by Memphis. Let's spread this out. Let's make this a little balanced. Balance it out. Iron out the kinks if we can. But, you know, there's... The list could go on forever, Jill, honestly, with how they've been this year. They're 8-13. and 13. They have a new coach. We could, we could list a million different things that they need to improve upon, all of which would be valid,
1: but let's start, you got to start, you (laughs) got to
0: walk, you got to crawl before you can walk. You actually got to get up and start crawling before you can do anything else, which they're not even crawling right now.
1: I mean, and then like the, the, the efforts you get, right. Like have some pride, like, again, have some pride pride in like what you're doing, right. Mm -hmm. Like. I mean, again, we're like, if you don't care that you can't stop anybody, why should we care? <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's so frustrating. And again, like, as the players will keep telling you, oh, it's just talk. We know we have to do this until we show it. Yeah. Until you show it. Cause we're still like, we're not seeing it. So mm-hmm. the fact uh, that we have to know, tell, you know, we and- saw it for, for pieces in LA, we didn't see it last night. Um, you know, and or, can they do it to the Lakers again? I, I really don't know.
0: But. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know what to expect. I, I never want to make an assumption as to how the team's going to play because, yeah, you'll, you'll beat the Lakers dribble overtime and then get blown out the next day. You know, All bets are off when you're, when you're talking about the Sacramento Kings. But, yeah, a big week of L.A., NorCal, SoCal battled basketball ahead of us. Uh, see if the Kings can start climbing a little bit more out of this hole, if they can get healthy. Um, and Fox, you know, as we've talked about quite a bit this early on in the season, can start continuing. I shouldn't say start. He has continued to get a little bit better. I want to see more of that as well. He he seems a little bit more free under Gentry for whatever reason, not like Luke Walton, put any restrictions on him, but uh, that'll do it for us on this Monday episode of the sports ethos Sacramento Kings podcast. Be sure to uh, follow Jill and I on Twitter, Uh, subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, however you're listening to us and join us again on Wednesday. As we review the Laker game and all the other fun stuff in this terrible Kings world that we live in (laughs) Slater dudes.